To me, Christmas is probably the most sacred of holidays. Now, before you jump my case and say, what about Easter? There would be no crucifixion and no resurrection if there was not first the virgin birth. And so it would be the first time, that a, the first time ever that a virgin would become pregnant and give birth to a child. And it would change forever and divide forever our history. Um, before Christ is the way I like, or Anno Domino in the year of our Lord, Jesus, this Christ, this very God and very man would separate forever time. Um, to, this morning I want to talk from a very familiar passage. I'm going to read some of what my mother read earlier, but also the prophecy that was given uh, that was fulfilled and maybe put it in a different light. What an awesome mystery, the birth of God. He was, in fact, God. He did not become God later in life, as some suppose, but he was very God at very birth. Amen. Who could have imagined it this way? The majestic, sovereign creator of the universe, the wonderful one, would be born in a cave of wandering animals. The mighty God was actually a helpless baby. The everlasting father manifested as a newborn son. What a beautiful mystery. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Can you imagine some lowly shepherds looking at that eight-pound baby? And in him was the fullness of God. Just imagine the terror in Mary knowing that she was going to be responsible to teach God how to walk. Can you imagine if she ever had to spank him? What would a southern Mary say? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I said get over here right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ by Joseph, get your hiding in here right now. Can you imagine the terror that must have filled her heart? I'm not trying to make fun. She was responsible to raise this boy who was at the same time God. Who had in him the DNA of the divine. Who carried within himself the very power to speak a word and galaxies come into, into being. And Mary had the responsibility to teach him and to train him and to raise him up thankful she was not a southern mama. I said get over here right now, young man. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is from Isaiah chapter 9. Of the increase of his government and peace, there would be no end. On the throne of David, his father, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What a phrase for unto us a child is born. The trajectory of heaven has always been unto us. We preach heaven and our trajectory is, or earth is to heaven. But in fact, the trajectory and the purpose and the apple of God's eye has always been unto us. It's not just a word. It's not just a phrase. It's a reality that anything that God does or has purposed, he purposes for the people that dwell in this planet earth. 
the direction in which all things that God does, that he originates and that he manifests is towards us. Not just a child is born, that's a normal phrase. I've called my parents or sisters and brothers six times. I've called them more than that actually. But for myself and said, hey, we had a baby. Most of the time I didn't get the call because they were at the hospital six and a half hours before the baby ever came. And when the baby came, I just simply came and said, he's here or she's here. It would have been okay if an angel had come and said, he's here or he's coming, but he did not say a child is born, but unto us. Unto us. Say with me, unto us. A child is born. It is the trajectory of heaven. Unto is an archaic form of the preposition to. Now let's go to English class just for a minute. Anybody remember prepositional phrases? They always start with the preposition. Upon, up, to, towards, in, for. Preposition, I like grammar. There's mysteries that are hidden in, the, in phrases in the Bible. Unto us, to is a function word which indicates movement, good Lord, or an action or condition suggestive of movement towards a place or a person or a thing reached. So the movement of heaven was not to heaven, from heaven down to earth, but from heaven down to earth. It's the same way today. When we pray, all of heaven responds with movement unto or towards us. Heaven is pointed at earth, to say it mildly. Heaven has its eyes upon you. But a man was not born. I can talk historically about the story of Jesus, but if we do not bring this pragmatically into our lives, then it just remains a beautiful story. But the beautiful thing about God is anytime that there's a story told in those scriptures, they're lively scriptures and they can be made applicable to our lives today. So when we read scripture, we need to read ourselves into scripture. Are you with me? Because otherwise it's a history book and you can argue over who has or doesn't have the best translation or what this means or what that doesn't mean for that time. What I care about is how is this gonna help me to walk out my day-to-day -day life with my relationship with my God and my relationship with people? Because Jesus said this, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. He literally said you can take everything written in the old covenant, everything, and he said this to Jews, and this was their law. He said you take the whole law and the statutes, and I don't just mean 10 commandments, take all the law, the statutes, everything that Moses said, everything delivered to the Levitical priesthood, and you can sum it up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's vertical. But you can't hang anything on just a vertical pole. You can't, but there had to be a horizontal part to the cross of Christ, and the horizontal part is the second, and Jesus said, and the second is likened to it, that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. Indeed, the way that you love your neighbor is the way that you love God. Because how can you love God whom you've not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? I love you, God. I love you, God, but you hate your brother and you despise everyone around you. You're lying to yourself if you think that. A 
On these two hang all the law and the prophets, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. But Jesus Christ was not born a man, but a helpless baby. Because although heaven is unto us, what God provides, listen to me, he always, always, always provides in seed form. And if we're not careful, we'll miss the manifestation of harvest because we overlooked or neglect the seed. I thought about it today. I was actually coming up Old Mountain Road and I thought about Jesus. I thought about his actual natural birth and I thought about how in the world only God could come up with the idea that says, I'm going to take one small sovereign seed and I'm going to sow it into planet Earth and I'm going to change mankind with one seed. He did not come as they would suppose. He did not come through the natural lineage of David, although Joseph was of the natural lineage. He was not royalty. He was a poor carpenter. And Mary was not from a rich house either. They were from the lineage of David, but thousand years had passed. They weren't sitting on thrones. Instead, Joseph was working with his saw every day and working with his chisels and working with his hammers, building and trying to provide for this family he was going to have until ultimately an angel appears and interrupts everything that they had planned for what God had planned. And it's in the submitting to what God has planned and laying on the cross what you had planned that your purpose is fulfilled in the earth. And if you're not willing to lay on the altar of sacrifice what you want for what he wants, you'll never live in a place of supernatural life. But if you'll be willing to lay what you think is your purpose on the altar and say, be it done unto me according to your word, not my plans, not my hopes, not my dreams, but according to what you say. I align myself with the trajectory of heaven and what you say to me. Did you know when Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word, in that very instant, her egg received the word from the angel that said the Holy Spirit would overshadow you. No wonder he's called the word of God. In the same way, the moment that you receive a heavenly word by the overshadowing spirit, you become pregnant with purpose. You do not get purpose fulfilled in an instant or in a day. What you get is an implanted seed. Jesus did not come as a man. He came as a baby. And he did not come with a crown of a king, but he would be crowned with thorns. And he did not come and sit upon the throne of Israel, and yet he does sit upon the throne of our hearts, and the Bible says that heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. What God provides, he provides in seed form. It is our responsibility to cultivate the seed entrusted to us in the same way that it was Mary's responsibility to make sure that little Jesus would be able to become Jesus of Nazareth, which would ultimately become the crucified, buried, but resurrected, ascended, and coronated King of Kings. But that would not have happened if Mary had not taken her responsibility to cultivate this little eight pounds of flesh into what he was supposed to become. You think parenting is easy? It's wonderful and it's a blessing, but you have in your hands the awesome responsibility and the possibility to change the world with every little baby that lives in your house. 
And if you haven't done it, change what you've do not done and begin to take purpose today and say, God, he might be 47 years old, but he's still my son and he's still living. And the most powerful thing about any of us today is we're still here. And if you're still here and you're still breathing, God still loves you and he still has a purpose. Your sin is not bigger than his sacrifice. Your mess up is not bigger than his purpose. If you're here and breathing today, God loves you, he has a purpose for you, and he wants to put you on the trajectory to heaven, but the only way that happens is when heaven's trajectory is to you. And you say like Mary, okay then. I don't know why you called me out. I can't do what you're telling me you're gonna have me do. I don't even have a husband yet. I mean, we're engaged, but we haven't done that thing that you have to do to do the thing that you told me I'm gonna have to do. With men, these things are impossible. The, this came out of the angel's mouth, by the way. In the same conversation that he has with Mary about Jesus, he has the conversation about Jesus' cousin, John, who would be born of a woman, Elizabeth, who was well past her childbearing years. And he says to Mary, by the way, this is the sixth month. I think, that, I think God had the angel do it just to say, just so you know that I'm not just blowing smoke, get on your celly and call Elizabeth. The Lord told me that about 20 years ago. Changed my life forever. Get on your phone and call Elizabeth because she's pregnant too. What? Yeah, what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you go to Elizabeth because she's going to encourage you to be able to carry your baby and you're going to encourage her to complete carrying her baby. And when you get close to her, what's going to happen is the thing that's inside of her is going to leap for joy because it's going to give that thing inside of her purpose because John was a forebearer. John had to come first. If we're not going to have a Jesus, we have no need for a John. Didn't you read the prophecy that said Elijah must come first? And Jesus would say later in his ministry, if you had known Elijah did come, it was in the form of John the Baptist. I don't want to get off on that little tangent, but I love that in the same conversation about Mary, the angel talks about Elizabeth. You need to find you some people that are also pregnant with purpose. If you're, if you're hanging around with a bunch of turkeys, no wonder you're in the condition you're in. Look, it's okay to say, hey, I love you, but I'm going to have to love you from a distance because I need to find somebody else that's pregnant with the same purpose that I'm pregnant with. That's, oh my good God, don't make me preach this morning. You'll be here to serve us tonight. I've got to find me somebody that has living on the inside of them a miracle because also inside of me is growing a miracle. And I'm going to encourage him and her and they're going to encourage me and we're going to both carry this thing to fulfillment. So I love you, but I'm going to have to love you from a distance because as for me and mine, we're going to do what God called us to do. This is how we co-labor with God to bring about heavenly manifestation in earth. I say we co-labor, I could say we co-create. Because although the seed went inside of Mary, believe it or not, God in his sovereignty chose to not do it on his own, but I'm going to have to have an egg too. So I'm going to take the righteous seed of the divine and I'm going to take the untouched egg of human nature 
and I'm gonna forever fuse them together. And from that time until now, heaven and earth have never been separated. The divine nature has been on this planet since the moment Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. It changed creation. What can you change if you would ever submit and say, God, be it done unto me according to your word? He wills it this way because although Jesus was very God, he was also very man. That's what Christmas Real Christmas, dare I say, Christianity is all about. We celebrate Christmas not because it's a time of the year, because we understand that Christmas, yes, people argue is a pagan holiday. Well, it's not pagan for me, because I don't care about winter solstice, although I do, because just the moment that that day passes, the days get longer and longer, thank God. I don't like five o'clock dark. I want to kick five o'clock dark in the rear end. I do not like that. I'm an active person. I want to be outside. I don't like it 13 degrees, rainy and cold like it's been for six and a half weeks. I wish somebody would preach. Give me some sunshine. Give me some warmth. Sun's out, gun's out. I'm trying to do some stuff. I don't like it getting dark at five. <laughs> I better get back on my notes. This is what Christmas Dare I say Christianity is all about. What is first seen in the heavens manifests in the lowly places of our lives. What the wise man looked up to the stars and gazed in the stars and saw did not happen in the stars, but that was a reflection of what was going to happen in a cave. Wise men still look to the stars and God still manifests in the lowly caves of our lives. The infinite king chose to be clothed with flesh and live among us as one of us so he could redeem those of us who dwelt below and restore us to our rightful estate as sons and daughters of the infinite father above. I want to read that to you one more time because you didn't amen as loud as I did when the father said it to me last night. Probably this morning because I slept a total of 30 minutes through the night. So excited about what God was going to do through us today. So excited in the same excitement the father had that if just one would say, Lord, be it done unto me according to this word this morning. Now, I don't care if all of you receive it. I hope to God you all do it. If I can find one, if there's just one that'll carry the flame because it's an unquenchable flame and once you carry it, you're gonna, I can guarantee you, you'll pass it to someone else. The infinite king chose to be clothed with flesh and live among us as one of us so he could redeem those of us who dwelt below and restore us to our rightful estate as sons and daughters of the infinite Father above. Unto us was an ancient prophecy and it seemed as though it had been forgotten. Unto us was whispered by an old prophet but would be soon declared by an angel. I'm going to say it again. Unto us was an ancient prophecy, but it was not forgotten. Unto us was whispered by an old dying prophet, but was called in the heavenly places and would be declared by an angel. 
You know the story, Luke chapter two. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Sounds like America, good Lord. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. I love that phrasing, by the way. <laughs> that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Do not miss this. Any great move or manifestation of God in the earth, you can guarantee you that where that's gonna happen, there have been some shepherds tending some sheep. There have been some faithful pastors. There have been some faithful men, some faithful fathers of their household just doing what they do. Smelling like stinky sheep. I'm not calling you stinky. Maybe some of you. No, just kidding. They were in the same country. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You can always tell a true messenger of the new covenant because it's always good tidings of great joy, and it's for all people. <laughs> which shall be to all people. For unto you, they knew the moment the angel opened his mouth and said, unto you. Wait a minute, I remember the old prophet saying, for unto us a child was, was gonna be born. That's the prophecy. They were made to memorize, not just the Pentateuch, but the old Bible. Pentateuch is the first five books of the Old Testament. When a boy would be bar mitzvahed in Jewish culture, they would have to recite back all five books. But the rest of the books of the Old Testament were not lost upon these lowly shepherds that heard for the first time with their own ears. But unto, for unto you is born, wait a minute, unto us, this has to be the prophecy. This is the one that's gonna come and deliver us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, say the word suddenly. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, of the heavenly host, of the heavenly host, praising God and saying. I want to stop there and say, anytime that there's a real declaration from the throne of God into the earth, you can guarantee if you look hard enough around, the heavenly host is gathered. They can't help themselves. Well, you're talking about the King of Kings. You're talking about the Lord of glory. Of course they gather around that. Free part, I know it's Sunday morning, don't want to scare you. They're here today. Can you see? Well, Josh, that's just crazy. No, you're out of your mind. No, I'm, I'm out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Anytime there's a 
a messenger declaring the risen Christ, the birth of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well, I can promise you the heavenly host cannot help themselves but together. What is the heavenly host? I don't know. Why don't you ask, why don't you ask Paul? Why don't you look in the New Testament? It says, we are encompassed, which Greek word really means amphitheatered, roundabout, with such a great cloud of witnesses. Those witnesses are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Many of them are. And they without us cannot be made perfect. You talk about Jesus Christ and the heavenly host gathers around. Can I scare you? Maybe I shouldn't. Can I scare you? It's okay to scare you? What if I told you Abraham and Moses and Paul and all of them are listening into what God's doing in the earth today? That is scriptural. It's not scary. It's not spooky. It's not often preached or taught because, because <laughs> I don't know why actually. Why would you not just tell people the truth? Hebrews 11, they without us cannot be made perfect. They literally have run their race, they've passed the baton, and they cheer us on. Literally saying, you have the baton now, you've got to run strong, you've got to finish strong. Normally, in a relay race, the strongest, fastest runners are number one and number four. You want them all to be good, you want them all to be fast, but you need a good start, and even if you don't get a good start, you've got to have a good ending. And the Lord has saved you unto this moment so that there is a good ending to what he's put in the earth. So can you take that baton and run? You know what running with the baton looks like? It looks like this, be it done unto me according to your word. Be it done unto me according to your word. Be it done unto me according to your word. Be it done unto me according to your word. That propels you into the next of your purpose. I said before, your amen to the word of God activates that word. When Mary said, so be it or let it be done unto me, that's the word that we use, amen. It literally just means so be it. When she said, be it done unto me according to your word, that instantaneously the word from the mouth of the angel was activated and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. So your amen activates God's word, but your agreement with that word accelerates his word. You can activate a word and not walk into agreement and abort that purpose. It is your calling. It is your responsibility to not only amen what the angel says, but Mary had to carry something for a while. I don't have one. Thank God. Work hard not to have one. But if I did, I'd have to stick it out right here. For, for nine and a half months, she would carry this little thing around. And it would grow in her and change her eating habits and change her sleeping habits and change every habit that she had. She probably became irritable. Can you imagine the extra pressure on her? Because when she wanted to be irritable in the flesh, she's like, I can't do this. Because, I mean, the very, the very ear of God is pressed up against my natural heartbeat. I better not murmur. Better not grumble. God's in there. And he hears everything that I say. <laughs> and he hears everything that I don't say. It's funny, but can you imagine that kind of pressure? You carry that same responsibility. What you carry by the Spirit of God is no less important than what Mary carried by the Spirit of God. In fact, he was the pattern son. Not suggesting that what's inside of you is greater than Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. But if he's the Lord of lords, there must be some lords somewhere. If he's the King of kings, there must be some kings somewhere. I'm going to finish Oh, man, 1042, Central Standard Time. 
Y'all know I preach on Central. Joey, it's for you, brother. I left it on today. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward. There's that word again, unto, toward, in the trajectory of men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Hurry up, let us go now. Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I just love God's faithfulness to shepherds. <laughs> love God's faithfulness to shepherds. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. You would too. Hey, just so you know, I don't know if you're aware, but God told me first. You know, if I was one of those shepherds, you know how big my chest would puff, would puff out? I don't know what he told you, but I know what he told me. He sent a messenger to tell me about the Savior that came. And I went and checked it out, and he was right. <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point. And all they that heard it wondered, at those things which are told them by the shepherds. Of course, they wondered. His name was wonderful. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Unto you was born this day. Unto us a child is born. Unto us. Unto us. That's it. Let's stand. Somebody just went into the Holy of Holies right there. When you know you get out of church 20 minutes early. Oh, shanda da da ba 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 satara da ho Joey emailed me and said, you got to make up for going over last week now. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. For unto you was born this day. What is the angel, which simply means messenger, of the Lord spoken to you? And have you amened what that angel said? And having amended it, have you walked in agreement with it to bring about its fulfillment? God works by pattern. He always does. He always works by pattern. If you see him do it once, you can almost certainly be assured he'll, you'll see him do it again. And if he speaks to one little girl or one lowly virgin or one probably teenager, I looked at Abigail when I went to wake her up for church this morning and I reached over and kissed her on the cheek and said, Abby, it's time to get up. And I thought, my gosh, this is probably close to the age Mary was when an angel appeared to her. Can you, Abby, come up here. Can you imagine the hope of all creation would be inside of something Look, Mary, God, I ain't going to talk about your mama, but she couldn't be prettier than Abby. A 14, 15-year-old girl. Don't think of yourself as insignificant. You can just sit there and be pretty. You're just pretty up the stage. I can say that. That's my little girl. 
If you don't think so, you should have come up before church started because your eyes are hurting. You're not insignificant. You're not too old and you're not too young. I think that was part of the message God was trying to send the earth because Mary, by all accounts and purposes, was way too young and Elizabeth was clearly way too old and yet God used them both to bring about the same purpose. Doesn't matter if you're three or 300. If you're breathing today, God has you here for a reason. And you may not have discovered that reason yet. That's okay. That might be what he brought you here for today because there's a lowly shepherd standing before you saying, I've seen something and you've got to see what I've seen. If you ever see what I see, it will change your life and you'll go away singing praises unto God and glorifying God. And here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. God cares as much about every single one of you as he did about that little virgin girl 2,000 years ago. When the angel came to Mary, uh, you've heard me preach this before, go get my series on favor, what real favor is. It's not what some of the TV preachers like to say it is. It's not stuff. Stuff is a byproduct of favor, but favor is the witness of his withness. He's with me. His name is Emmanuel. God, he chose it to be that way. He chose to be not, he chose to be identified as one of us. He chose to have his name forever called God with us. He said, that's my people, those are my sons, those are my daughters, and if you call my name, you gotta mention him in the same breath because my name is, I'm with them. God. His very nature is, is, the with, is his witness. He's with us. Well, what does he put inside of you to bring to manifestation in the earth? We are long past the days that two or three or the preacher and the minister and the whatever does it. No, 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 you're all preaching something. I've watched you. I see your Facebook post. You're preaching something. Lord. Tony, put those slides up that I told you from Facebook, those peoples. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, a bunch of you went to the fire right then. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the fire right then. Lord, rescue them from that torture. <laughs> I know which one you were, too. You're the one that gasped the hardest when I said it. <gasps> Dear heavens. <laughs> you're not too old. You're not too young. You're right where God wants you in this moment. And as surely as there was a messenger from the throne of God sent 2,000 years ago, there was a messenger sent from God today telling you, you're here for a reason and you're here for a purpose. And if you'll surrender to the overshadowing spirit of God, he'll put something inside of you that all of hell can't stop. And it might come in seed form. As a matter of fact, it's going to come in seed form. But don't despise the day of small beginnings. Look around right now. Look around. There's 150 people in here that started with four. And two of them are already in the great cloud. They're here, but you can't see them unless you can see them. There's one of them. And the other one's back in the nursery. Seed form. My relationship with my wife started in seed form. We know each other a lot better today than we did 20 years ago. If she had known then what she knew now, what she knows now, she'd have jumped on this bandwagon a whole heck of a lot sooner. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> she said, I think it would be the other. Lord bless her. Lord help her. Spirit of deception out of this place in the name of Jesus. <laughs> No, she's right. 
She's right. Merry Christmas to you. There's a, there's a picture. I should have said it to Tony. I didn't. And I'm going to finish with this. And then if you want prayer, we'll pray with you. If not, we're going to, we're going to say our goodbyes for today. And hopefully, you'll come. how many people are going to come back tonight? Will you come tonight? Will you please come and support it? For no other, it's going to be good. It's, we're not preaching. It's just going to sing. I think we've got about eight or ten songs. Uh, we, did, we did a couple of them this morning. Didn't Marie sing? Yeah. Woo! When she did, we were rehearsing the other night. She went, we all stopped and said, glory to God in the highest. When Robin breathes, I know it's sent from God because 19 cameras go on immediately. <laughs> Every single time. I almost had the floodlights turned off because I knew it was going to make 19 flashes come on the moment she said, Mary, did you know? <laughs> she did it one first time. She, she said, Mary, did you know? And kind of gave me the wink wink. I said, okay, it's your song now, whatever. <laughs> It's happened like three songs. God, don't sing any more of my songs, Robin. Where is she? Every time she starts singing my song, I can't sing it no more. Abba, I belong to you. I will never sing it again. There's one tonight you're going to hear when Becky's singing. I'm not trying to build. I'm just telling you. I'm more proud of this team than you can imagine. When Becky starts singing tonight, you're going to think that 17 angels from heaven just flew into the place and said, ah. she just got that heavenly voice, you know. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Don't, I mean, do you honestly, do you appreciate? Yeah. Look, I've played. I have played with talent and played with people that are professionals and play all the time. And I'm telling you, there's not another crew of people that I would rather play with than the ones that take this stage on a weekly basis. Unpaid, by the way. Unpaid. They do it because they love God. Tonight, we're going to worship together. We're going to enjoy Christmas together. And I pray that you come. Bring somebody with you. They'll be blessed. We're going to give treat bags. Rich, I put two, I put two aside for the Gustin family. Rich texted me and said, if, you, if I don't get a treat bag, I quit. <laughs> and then Judy put it on Facebook. I'm a Gustin too. Can I get one? I said, you can have Williams. <laughs> no, he's going to get one tonight. He's been playing that guitar. Ooh, doesn't he just... Hmm. I put a thing on Facebook tonight. You know how many times I put myself on Facebook playing guitar? A, a bunch. And I put one little thing of William, and 19,000 people are like, oh, God, he's just wonderful. I'm like, he's a rookie. I, I was doing this for 20 years before he ever picked up a guitar in the world. I mean, he's okay, whatever. <laughs> I lied a little bit and said I was giving him a lesson, but it's okay. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Be it done unto me according to your word. Come tonight. Come tonight. And bring, some, bring some friends. It's going to be a festive atmosphere. We're only going to be here about an hour or so as far as the service. The service might not quite be that long, but we'd love for you to come. I'd love for you to bring some friends. You know, let's, let's get the word out. If they go to another church, invite them. We, Elizabeth and I met a guy at the Hickory Mall yesterday. That's coming. He's like, he saw us pray and said, y'all Christians? <laughs> so I say, nope. <laughs> we, we privately say the Pledge of Allegiance to each other right every time before we eat. You know? <laughs> none of y'all have, have ever seen uh, National Lampoon's Christmas. <laughs> Was she saying the prayer? <laughs> I pledge allegiance. The blessing. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't feel sorry for you because I've been standing for like two and a half hours. You've been up for 10 minutes. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. 
<laughs> yeah, blessing. That means I, I'm, I'm way off topic. Five minutes ago, five minutes ago, I was anointed. Now I'm just a clown. <laughs> you know what? I will say this. And I'm gonna let, I really, will, I'm gonna let you go. You know the thing that God loves about you is your unique personality. Did you know that God loves me and accepts me and probably laughs at some of the things that I say as much as I do? Not that he's surprised by it, but I think sometimes he looks down and says, boy, I can't believe you say some of the stuff you say. (laughs) He's a good father. He's a good papa. So come tonight. Come expecting. Really, come expecting. If you're a member of this church, you ought to be here tonight. If you have have other obligations, I know some of you have Christmas obligations. I don't mean any condemnation. But if you can be here, you don't have plans, come tonight. Bring some friends, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for... Unto us, a child was born. Unto us, a son was given. I thank you that the trajectory of heaven is towards us. It's from heaven to earth, from heaven down to earth. I pray, Father, that during this season, Lord, I know there are many of us, Lord, that, are, that have lost loved ones to death or to sickness or to being moved away or, or just... Uh, absence for whatever reason, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a special comfort upon everyone that's lost a loved one or that can't be with a loved one. I pray that the spirit of peace would be upon every home, Father. I pray that as every child unwraps whatever gifts they may or may not have on Christmas morning, Father, that there would be such joy in the home for indeed the kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy. Lord, that you would take joy in watching us unwrap and and give and gift to each other. Not because of the commercialism, Father, but because we give who we love. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. I pray special peace in this time. I I just want to say thank you, not just for coming 2,000 years ago. I thank you for that, but I thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for coming into the life of my family. Thank you for coming sovereignly and gripping my father, Lord. 50 plus years or 40 plus years ago. I thank you for gripping sovereignly my mother. I thank you for the patriarch and matriarch of this whole ministry that has allowed us to even be able to be the point where we are today. I thank you for the elders that are in this church, Lord, those that supported, Lord, when I was just, as one of our wonderful elders called me, a snot-nosed little kid. Supported anyways and loved anyways and we're here faithful giving of their time and talent and treasure. I thank you for those, Father, that have only been here for a week or two. I thank you that we are one family, that we are one body, and that we are one bread. And I pray your glorious peace upon everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, tonight as we come and sing our Christmas carols, Lord, and worship together and commune together and and have our time together, I pray that the spirit of peace and the spirit of wonder, Lord, would be birthed anew and afresh in all of us and an appreciation for this season the season where that which was immaculate and supernatural decided to become completely natural. Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you for that, Lord. Give you praise. Thank you for this last week of 2018. Help us to finish strong, Lord, and go into 2019 with our heads up, Lord, with our shoulders reared back, and go with purpose into our new, into the next, into 2019. We give you praise for all things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Hope to see you tonight.